0: Everyone, welcome to the Glasgow University Marketing Society podcast. Your hosts today are Constance Alreap and Alexandra Kangas. And we're really, really excited to be joined today by Raif Zamara, who's the global vice president for Nivea with over 25 years of experience in marketing for leading global skincare and beauty brands. Thank you so much for joining us, Ralph. We're really pleased to have you on today.
1: Thank you. Yeah, very happy to be with you. I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I introduced you briefly, but maybe you could tell us a little bit in your own words about yourself and your kind of journey to becoming the VP for Nivea now.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, obviously German by birth, Um, um, and I've been in marketing now for 25 years. I started off my career at at Unilever, so an English-Dutch company. Mm -hmm. I spent 18 years with them in different global brand development roles, working on brands like Dove or Axe or Pons. Um, and I always had a very international career I started off in Hamburg but uh, then I moved to New York quite early on to Singapore mm-hmm. to London and then actually um, six seven years back um, back to Germany and then joining by our staff, uh, and now leading Nivea um, as our biggest global brand from the brand side
0: oh that's really exciting so obviously you have a lot of experience working with other really successful people in marketing. And we were just wondering kind of what are the commonalities you see in these these people that you work with? What do you think are some of the personality traits or skills that you kind of see people who succeed in your field have? Yeah, it's
1: quite interesting that the, the, the types of people that succeed in marketing are actually quite different. I mean, they're not just one profile. Yeah. I mean, some extroverts, some are introverts. Um, I think there's not just one i think in the end um in marketing there, there's one thing i always say you know um if you want to be successful in marketing with your brand you need to be different and or better than other brands No, well, i think that's that's mm-hmm. a big thought yeah you need to find out how can i differentiate my offer how can do i have a better offer uh, that's the one side and then i think the second side um we always call this a little bit marketing test i think as a marketeer, you need to be able to put yourself into shoes of other people because you're trying to find out, you know, what, what, what preoccupies them and what yeah. they're interested in, what they might be excited about. Um, so we always say a good marketeer is also often very good at giving presents to his friends or family. <laughs> you know, you find something that, um you know really uh, the other person says oh wow yeah i really wanted to have that um how did you know so i think um that's a bit um you know that, that, that emphatic side
0: yeah
1: um important.
0: Yeah, and that's really obviously-
1: yeah yeah definitely and then i think you know obviously there are lots of things you need to do i mean you need to be able to lead teams um mm-hmm. also in, in marketing you obviously have that um you have a combination. You've got teams within your company that you work with, you know, um, marketing teams, but also different functions. But then also you're leading quite a lot of agency teams, creative teams, whether it's in advertising or digital or uh, in brand identity design. And those are then also different kinds of people. You know, how you motivate a creative is different than how you motivate a controller. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. so I think you need to be able to um, Know, relate That's to exactly yeah, I relate exactly um, you know, what drives people and then obviously thereby getting to the end result you want to get to
0: yeah on the flip side what do you think are some like mistakes or, or things that you know should be maybe avoided when it when it comes not just maybe <laughs> personality but also yeah. brand building itself like what, what do you think of things that people do wrong when they're starting their own brands or take you know, jumping to, to continue brands that already exist.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing for for sure is what I said. You know, you need to find something which is where you are different and or better. That is yeah. the starting point. And then I think when you build a brand, I mean, you need to keep in mind that um, what what you really want to achieve is that you want to anchor what we call brand properties in the minds and the hearts of consumers. So uh, you might want to stand for color. Uh, for a certain logo, uh, for certain visuals, uh, for a scent, um, for a sound. Yeah? Um, so I think it's a lot about continuity you know, and building those brand properties over time because the more brand properties you own, you know, color, logo, yeah. you get, the more valuable brands really become. Um, and it's a fine line though, because on the one hand, you need consistency to build those brand associations.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, on the other hand you need to be careful not to become boring so you need to kind of uh, you know do that both you now you need to kind of be consistent but at the same time interesting and I think that's a big challenge
0: you know, yeah on and I'm, I'm sure you especially I mean Nivea is such an old and established brand and especially the beauty skincare is pretty there's a lot of you know new trend brands coming up new trends coming up it's really fast paced how do you how's Nevea Stay relevant and stay such a big global brand when there's all these younger, newer brands coming up.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean it is a challenge. I think the one thing though that you can't really do is completely change your brand to to please
0: mm-hmm.
1: people. It's like a brand is like a person like you and me, you know? When one day, you know, you're interested in, I don't know. Animals, and the next day you want to kill animals. That's weird. No? So I mean, you need to stay a bit true to your soul no? and to the personality of the brand. You yeah. then need to see those trends, which are also trends that I can credibly address and offer. No, because for example, Libya stands a lot for care, for moisturization. If yeah. there's a trend for I don't know chemically bleaching your skin, it would not be us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you then you need to find out what. Where's this overlap? What my brand stands for, what the trend that's out there, and what people want, and you need to find that sweet spot. Yeah, um, combines it because otherwise it will be a very short-lived success. You know, you launch something which is very different, and people might say, "Oh, this is very different," um, but in the end, it will not not really be successful in the long term because you're just not credible offering it, and it's not what you associate with the brand.
0: Yeah, um, how? How is uh, Nivea now kind of also targeting like younger generations? I mean, obviously, what you're saying about having a really established brand—that means like, I know so many people. Like my mom used Nivea and things like that, but obviously, the n- newer younger generations are a lot more hyped on on trends and with social media. Everything is just going so much quicker. Um, is there anything in particular that Nivea is doing, or is it just kind of maintaining that? Yeah,
1: of- no, no, we do, do a lot of work on, on it, so interesting, uh, f- for sure. I mean, the one thing we do see is that um, our the awareness of the brand and the usership of the brand is actually surprisingly consistent across age groups. Um, yeah. So it's not that the generations or millennials would not use yeah. us yeah on the one hand, they would just also use different products because when you're younger, you have different skin needs than when you're older, it's as simple as that. No? As older as you get, the drier your skin gets, and you obviously have skin issues. Um, so that's the one bit. I think the second bit though, which is important and, and there we're doing lots of work, is to have to, to be relevant and engaging uh, for those targets. No? That, and brands, for younger generations nowadays, do play a different role. I think the brand story is much more important, what the brand stands for, the values and personalities of the brand, and also what the brand does for the greater good is much more relevant for generations that are millennials than it is for other generations who were more focused on product in the first place. Uh, so with that in mind, we've done a lot of work globally and in, in, I think 14 markets, uh, talking to consumers around the world. And that's also why we set up our brand purpose that we just launched um, end of last month, which is to care for human touch. Um, and that means we care for human touch connections, we fight against loneliness, and we know there's a topic that is very um, important, also dear to the hearts of the Gen Z and the millennials.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's relevant consistently nowadays, where you see a lot of people getting lonelier, but I guess also especially currently in the pandemic, it is. It is. But in, I mean, it's a some, it's, you know, symptom of our times also in many ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We had both. We started the work before the pandemic in uh, yeah. 2017, 2018, and there we had already seen that people just forgot about the importance of human touch and connections, and, and and just a lot of younger people also said to me, "I've got so much to do. I've got such a busy life. You know, I'm I'm connected virtually. Sometimes I'm not sure what to do, and I just forget about taking care of." Human touch relationships—that was really even before the pandemic. Yeah. And now, during the pandemic, obviously it got all worse, no? um, Because you know, for good reasons, we can't be so close to each other. But we really see levels of loneliness that are shocking. I mean, every second person tells us uh, during the pandemic that they've never felt so lonely in their life than right now. And every yeah. second person—it's really, really traumatic. Yeah. And interestingly enough, not. Just the older people—it's actually a lot. Um, single people or single people raising kids um, that are most hard hit uh, um, and are really, I think, uh, really suffering. Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I definitely think those are the people that are struggling. And also, I did see your uh, video advert that recently got released—the one with the twin girls. And it was such a beautiful story. And I I feel like it's just the right time to start and um, promoting this kind of content, you know, because people are already feeling hopeful that the vaccine is out, yeah. the pandemic is ending. And I just feel like it's a really beautiful message to focus on and feel positive about. And um, so really well done on that. I, I really yeah, liked you. it. I can
1: imagine it was very difficult to decide when to start, no?
2: Um, yeah, we yeah. had
1: worked with it for a long time, but obviously we yes. don't want to-
2: either huh? yeah it's about mm-hmm. finding the right timing really i i feel like had it maybe been released six months ago they might have instead made people feel upset because you know they can't mm-hmm. feel the human touch as much anymore and they don't mm-hmm. know when they will again but um, yeah mm-hmm. in terms of the importance of you know like authenticity and having a message behind your marketing and really touching on, you know, core issues and things like that. And um, I read a bit about your involvement in, for instance, from promoting the LGBTQ plus community mm. and you've won an award for the employee community, which you created, um, which is called BU, right? And mm. that is all amazing work. And I was just wondering, how would you recommend that other companies and brands can work to create real change and um, within their companies, both internally and you know externally impact society in a way that is actually real and that creates impact and um, you know more than just on the surface or talking about issues and mentioning them. How how did you achieve all that? <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I think to a certain degree, also big companies, it's a lot about finding people who have the same passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, those things you never do in your real work time, you yeah? you do it before or after or in between. Um, so I think for BU, for example, um, I was at a training actually, and um, they kind of asked you, you know, what do you want to do in the future? How, you know, what are things that are important to you in your life? And for me personally, it was a bit weird because I, I'm obviously a more senior person in the company, and we have a global leadership team, which is around eighty people. Um, and within that leadership team, there are lots of men. There are not enough women yet. Mm-hmm. No? But at the same time, I'm the only out LGBTQ person, which really shocked me. I have to say, because I mm-hmm. thought, "How weird is that?" And even yeah. for cosmetic, people, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I said, I, "Yeah, I was really a bit shocked, and I felt like, look, when perhaps I need to use." You know, myself to kind of portray for younger people that, you know, you can achieve lots of things and you can be who you are mm. and um, just help found that and, and bring some visibility to it. And then I think obviously you need internal supporters of so people who want to fight with you. Uh, but then also, I think I was getting a lot of support from our board, from our CEO, which also helps no? because um, they then kind of, um, they do, they, like they're not physically doing something for you, mm-hmm. uh, but at least they're supporting it yeah. <laughs> and endorsing yeah. it. And then I think once you see things growing, people join in yeah and, yeah, and want to be part of it.
2: Oh, that's amazing. Were there any bigger challenges that you faced, though, that you feel you had to get over? Or was it all just starting to speak about it and spread? You know, I think for,
1: for LGBTIQ and BU, not really. I think our company, uh, is a lot about care and caring for people. So I think there were quite some open doors. I mean, there are always some closed ones, but there are more open doors than closed ones. I think on the purpose, um, I think it was a bit tougher because you can imagine that um, finding a purpose and that also that that impacts the whole brand, a big global brand, um, is something which is, is very heavily debated. Right? people have different opinions. Some say, oh, it's too risky. Mm-hmm. Uh, others will say, oh, but is the money well invested? Um, Shouldn't we be launch a new product or buy something else? Yeah. Um, so in, in that case, is, you know, that's even tougher, I find, because there you need to really live it. And to walk the talk, you also need to take action on a corporate level in terms of funding so we are spending 20 million euros over the next five years to support skin touch projects mm. which once you have the pledge you're like oh yeah it's good but until you get there it's very complicated uh, yeah. because of other ways to spend 20 million euros um, yeah of course <laughs> <and> <laughs> you need to kind of get the support so i think in the end it's um what helps you is that to be again to be very clear why it makes sense um i think it also helps to create material which is engaging for people that if that speaks to them yeah mm-hmm. because a lot in business goes over the head but you get them more with the heart in the end yeah. even if mm-hmm. they don't, uh, um, yeah
2: i feel like so, that's uh, even more relevant now and it's becoming increasingly relevant that i think people mm-hmm. and consumers just want something that speaks to their heart and which aligns with yeah. their values and yeah, that. yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly yeah. yeah so i think uh, there's no special trick but i think passion the right people and then good work and fighting for it uh, is important
2: mm. yeah well so, you've done amazing work on it yeah
1: definitely <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> i have a team of people helping me i'm not alone <laughs> no,
2: yeah i know you're the founder right so well done <laughs> That's
0: good. thank you so kind of speaking on that where do you see kind of marketing trends going in the next few years obviously it is becoming quite a fad also to use lgbtq issues a lot of times to to promote diversity which might not necessarily be reflected as closely when you actually look deeper than just the advertising campaign Um, but yeah. that's obviously something I that's becoming trendy. Do you think that's making a difference? Uh, you know, it's often people like critical of, of those cam- of campaigns that are just kind of. Yeah, so- I think so,
1: and I think yeah. rightly so. Um, yeah. I think in, in general, I see the trend continuing that um, we as people, you know, want companies and brands to take responsibility. We hear that a lot, and and, and people around the world told us that. Um, they just don't trust so much sometimes the state to solve the problems. Uh, They feel like brands and companies are very good, they're they're successful, they're efficient, that they should take a role in really helping to solve big problems. And I think that trend will continue uh, with the Generation Z. I think they're even more focused on that than the millennials. Um, So I think that trend I really see continuing over the next few years. But at the same time, and I think rightly so, um, brands and companies then need to prove that they really mean it. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to shoot a nice piece of advertising or have a nice campaign, but in the end, you know, actions speak louder than words. And I think that's something that, um, you know, people will demand, the audience will want to know more about, and rightly so. And uh, that's why, also, I think from a corporate perspective, we take it very seriously. So, our um, you know, auditing a company, Ernst Young, for example, is auditing our pledges, you know, what we promise. Yeah. Uh, and if we don't deliver by twenty twenty five, we have a problem. No, um, wow, yeah. but that's also going to uh, further kind of uh, yeah.
0: you know, happen. Step in the right direction, definitely. But then, obviously, yeah. in the last few years and continuing in the future, you have a lot of technological changes impacting marketing and how marketing is conducted. Mm. Um, I guess, especially we younger consumers see it a lot in the beauty and skin care industry because we follow the stuff mm. on YouTube, we follow it on social media. Yeah. It's closer to our hearts than I think it probably has ever been before. Mm. Um, how how has it been? Where do you see it going in the future? Um, you know, how, how's your, your job changed, I guess, in the last 20, 25 years? And, and what are some, some upcoming trends?
1: Yeah, I think it has changed a lot and not. Uh, that's the interesting bit. What hasn't changed is that you need to be really clear what you as a brand are all about. Well, I think that never changes. So the strategy, um, you know, being clear on what, what the brand stands for, what it can offer, what it cannot offer, how it behaves, that's even more important now than ever. Um, I think what has changed are obviously channels, no? how you get into contact with your audience. No? It used to be, I don't know, print and TV, no? and now it's obviously lots of different channels. And I think that's obviously the challenge to ensure that you use those channels as they fit. Yeah? Uh, so some messages are better on this channel than the other channel. How do you keep in contact with your audience? I think that's really what's constantly changing. And I think it will continue to change because there are always new platforms coming up. whatever no? ten years ago we did not TikTok. Yeah, um, so I think, and there will continue to be new communication channels opening up. But I think in the end, it's a good um, from a marketing perspective. It's very exciting because a lot of those channels um, are much more interesting to create for now uh, because you can do much more. Mm. Um, the challenge is the, the management of the complexity. Yeah, when you have a message and you want to play in every single channel, you just go crazy. Uh, I mean, um, you go bankrupt and yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So I think that's really the, the challenge to kind of then focus on the right channels and the messaging in the channel.
0: Yeah. yeah. Which in- are some of the channels that you find most like exciting or coming up? I mean, yeah, like you said, TikTok is a big one that's coming up now. But you know. Depends. It's constantly changing, honestly,
1: you know, I think it's it really, I find it super interesting. It's really, it's really like Darwinism. Yeah? Um, so you, I don't remember, 15 years ago, Facebook was the latest thing. Today you're yeah. like Facebook, was that? Yeah? And then yeah, you know, have Snapchat, Snapchat, I mean, it keeps on changing. So I can't tell you which one it, is it going to be. Yeah. My impression is that um, the big trend that you see, that we talked about in the beginning, is that people also want to have more togetherness again and feel like part being of a group and of, and of of a unity. I think that will continue. And probably platforms that facilitate this will be more successful than others, I hope. Yeah.
2: You know, at one of our recent events, we talked a bit about how technologies, and especially new technologies and upcoming ones like AI, and are used in marketing and really how much AI is facilitating and us to focus more on say the creative parts of marketing and the more fun parts as a marketer and AI helps us to gain insights and create content and all those things. And what do you think considering these upcoming and growing technologies in the future, like AI or XR and VR, all these things, um, how do you think they may impact the skills that are needed for future upcoming marketers? What do you have any oh, tips yeah. to give to students who want to be successful in the field?
0: <laughs> yeah, I
1: think they will continue. They will obviously impact it a lot. I think you know what we are all hoping for, obviously, is that with AI and technology further evolving, is that we can more personalize the exchange you know? and. I think what I still dream of more is also to be really much more in exchange with our audience because we're still sending more than we're interacting. Yeah? My um, hope is that obviously in that context, um, uh, technology will help us. I think for future marketeers, obviously you know, it depends. I mean, you know, analytically, you obviously need to ensure that you know you get the data, you understand the data. Hopefully, AI will help us to pre pre-analyze it Mm
0: -hmm. but then still you
1: need to make sure you set the right priorities and use the insights that you have in here to create creative which is engaging Mm -hmm. so i think the idea of um, empathy being empathetic Mm um seeing what insight can be and how you link it to your brand those are still the same strategic skills you need um but in terms of obviously mastering um the data mining that's something that all marketeers nowadays you know need to be trained in you know?
0: yeah and
1: it will change you know, because yeah. there are going to be new tools so i think you'll constantly need to relearn uh, to a certain degree um, because yeah. technology is obviously you know developing exponentially
0: yeah well thank you so much <laughs> this has been incredibly insightful and some of the things you've mentioned are definitely things that we've been talking about in, in our society, but the way you've expanded on them has been obviously been really incredible to hear from someone with your level of a uh, company. Yeah, um,
2: for sure. I feel like since you're at the top of your field, basically as VP, as global VP of NVIDIA, it's it's great to hear what has gotten you to the place where you are and to hear your advice to students who want to be as successful or who just want to, you know, be successful in the field of marketing and and i think the tips you gave have been really insightful especially in terms of what skills will basically always be relevant you know like being empathetic and aware of the consumer and you know all those things. And thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for your
1: time. you very welcome. And the last advice to you, I think in the end, you're always good in things that you love to do. No? I mean, yeah, don't try to do something that sounds exciting, but perhaps it's not really for you. Um, and don't try to run after an image that you think you need to create for yourself. I think just find out what motivates you. Uh, and normally what motivates you, what you're passionate about, is also what you're going to be good at. And marketing is also like a hand, handicraft. I mean, you, the more you do it, the better you get. I mean, it's really also a bit of it's, it needs training. You know, there's no perfect marketeer has fallen ever off the
2: sky.
0: Thank you for listening to this GUM Marketing Society podcast episode recorded in early February 2021. A special thank you to guest Raif Zimmerer for all the wonderful insights he was able to give. We hope you enjoyed the episode.